0: If you're new here, City on a Hill is a movement of churches committed to knowing Jesus and making Jesus known. Because, in the words of Billy Graham, you will never understand who you are until you understand who God is. And who is God? Well, check this out. Here's some good news. God is awesome and kind. He is the Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness keeping steadfast love for thousands, forgiving iniquity, transgression, and sin. And it's in the Lord Jesus Christ that we see this most clearly. Dying in our place, rising to new life for us to receive by faith the washing of regeneration and the renewal of the Holy Spirit. So it's on that backdrop, let me say, welcome to the Flourishing in Christ podcast. Part of the Vine, the Trellis, and the Crow teaching series and you're listening into conversations with leaders across City on Hill. My name is Louis, I'm from City on Hill Surf Coast and with me today, you can kick off your shoes and bask in the banter between Emily Lancaster and Dave Martell. Welcome, welcome. Emily, your chuckles of appreciation never go amiss.
1: I, guess, I think I think it's it's important for people to know. I genuinely never know where the intro is going, yeah. and so every time I cackle, it's genuine.
0: It I <laughs> can approve. We were, we, no we were given no warning.
1: We were given no warning, but there's, unsurprising that shoes no, came up.
0: There's no canned laughter. No. <clears throat> no canned laughter in this one. No, that's. Although not. maybe we should do an episode with canned laughter.
1: Oh, how annoying would that be? Oh, to listen to. Ooh. What a drag. Yeah. Anyway.
0: That would be that would. <laughs> But anyway, um, well, let's let's let something else out of the can. In the room with us today is Dave Martell. We probably don't recognize him because it's a podcast, you can't see Mm. him, but he's not behind a guitar. He's behind a microphone. Dave, welcome. Thank you. Welcome to you. (laughs) And Emily. Oh, thanks. I want to be sure you guys feel as welcome
2: as I do, Ren.
1: Yeah, appreciate it. Appreciate it. No, we love that you're going to be joining us on the podcast because I don't think a lot of people get to hear from you outside of a music worship setting um Mm. like that is often probably the bulk of the leadership that you do at City on a Hill Um, and it is a great bulk (laughs) of the leadership that you do um but I so Dave and I both work for City on a Hill Melbourne uh, which is important to to note um and I think when you work alongside someone throughout the week You get this opportunity to be able to see their love for Jesus in a different Mm. way. Um, Like anything, like you, uh, you deeply love Jesus and that comes across on Sundays, but also you're very intentional with how you spend your time throughout the week. And a lot of people don't get to see that. And so when, yeah, when we were thinking about it, like, I think Luke was like, you need to talk to Dave. And we were like, yeah, we do need to talk to Dave. Um, cause that's a, it's a gift for our church, I think, to hear from our leaders, um, in different arenas, which has kind of been mm. a huge goal of ours, Louis, as we've done this podcast mm. is who do we, yeah, who do we get to talk to and hear from that maybe people perhaps don't get to.
2: Yeah. You've done a good job. There's been a
0: lot of great conversations that you've had with great people.
1: And that will continue. Mm. With-
0: well, Dave, Dave, awesome. tell us about who you are. You mean, most people recognise you with the guitar and the microphone. Uh, who is Dave Martell? Uh,
2: uh, David Michel Martel's is my full name and originally Canadian, oh, love it. Uh, mm. born just south of the island of Montreal and uh, relocated to Melbourne in 2013 to join the team at City on a Hill Melbourne.
0: Mm.
1: So it's 10 years in October.
2: Almost 10 oh. years, yeah. How oh, crazy Whoa. It's almost been 10
0: years. The anniversary coming up. did that? What is that? That's the diamond anniversary. Does he Hill do, or is it the, is the it might be the myrrh, the
1: myrrh anniversary. I'll get
2: a, I think I'll get a pat on the bottom in one of our staff meetings, <laughs> I believe. is the. Okay. Sorry, on the shoulders. There we go.
1: Let's go on the shoulder. A bit more the north. The of... that's yeah, right. North yeah, of yeah. the butt. Sorry, sorry. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. Hey,
2: yeah. we've that's got, because right. uh, yeah. we're, uh, you know, we're a youngish church and it's, it's becoming a thing. We've done it a number of times, which is going to keep happening because... Our church is 16 years mm. old, so I can't believe that I've been there for, you know, Ten well above half of that. Mm. Yeah, That's awesome. Feels like yesterday. Eh?
1: Just like it. Um, what what takes up your week? Who makes up your family? Who are you?
2: So um, I serve at City on a Hill from Monday through Thursday. So Sundays is a massive day for you and I. Mm. Um, three services. Uh, most of the time we're at all of them. Um, and then, uh, working at the office in Carlton, um, rehearsing, discipling with people, a number of people on the team, all sorts of stuff. Uh, yeah. then I have my wife Emma, who I am with the rest of the time, mm-hmm. <laughs> mornings and evenings, and everything else. Uh, I've got two kids almost four Ezra turns four in November, Milo, who just turned one, and um. Anything else where it's uh, once you have a rhythm like that, uh, there's not much else aside from that. We have friends, we have plans, but I'm telling you, like looking at my life recently Mm. is has really been. There's a lot of regular stuff. Thursday nights is music team night. Mm. uh, GC, another night of the week. Just like preserving that space is Mm. so Mm. crucial.
0: Um, Yeah.
1: One of the things that we.
0: that's all right i was just saying before we before we launch in we want to be talking today about um just dave uh dave your time in god's word Mm. how reading the bible is a a key spiritual discipline uh for you what that looks like in your life but hey i just a a bit of indulgence here just (laughs) because i love chatting with creatives and musos and and seeing not only how they see the world but how they hearing about how they love jesus um you know when you when you how can crack the Bible open and spend time in God's word, like where are the places that you just love to hang out? I, I, I feel like you will say the Psalms or something like that, but are they are there just particular areas of God's word that just resonate and just warm your heart?
2: Um, I, I would say the Psalms, but I would say mm-hmm. more the wisdom literature. Um, and a, hmm. a, a practice I've had is going through all the wisdom literatures in a loop. I always do that, always start with a wisdom so, to me, when I look at it, it is Job, Psalm, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Song of Solomon's one in five times, maybe. Um, mm. uh, yeah, and then when I get to the end of it, I go back to the reading. But it's, it's so cool because when you do that one chapter at a time, like just slowly, doesn't matter how mm. many times I've read the book of Proverbs or Ecclesiastes, every time I come to it, I'm like, this is gold for life. Uh, but I'd also mm. say the Gospels, like when I just want someone to wrap their arms around me, I just get to the Gospels, see what it was like to live at a time when I was when people walked with Jesus, to, to get that sense of, I think the way Emily said it so beautiful, I think it was the first podcast, I've got to take up this challenge you did. What was it? Read all the Gospels once a month for mm. a year? Sounds hard. Mm, also sounds is. awesome. But then, yeah, I, I resonated with that. Seeing Was it seeing others through the eyes of Jesus? I think I've experienced mm. that in my own way in a number of um, different ways through the Gospels and just... Like, think of all the people you've ever chatted with in life conversation. What would it be like to just, what would his gaze look like, right? Like, whew, and you get that, Mm. it gives you that experience, I think, sometimes when you Mm. just, so I feel like no matter where I am, some point I'm always like, oh, I need need to just go to the centre and then I get to the Gospels Mm. and then take it from there kind of thing.
0: Mm. Oh, beautiful. Thank you, Dave.
1: Can I say something on that just really quickly?
0: (laughs) Go, em. Do, it.
1: I, do it, do it, do it. I, do I it. do. I, every now and then, I do this. I'm like, can I say or can I ask this? And every time, Lou's like, yes, Emily, you can. Um,
0: You're
1: amazing. Uh, so my that I think I brought it up in that first episode, like looking um, in the Gospel of Luke, where you know Peter's just idea ideas three times. The Lord looked at oh. him, and Peter wept. And it's like a standout thing. It was actually in my quiet times again this morning. Um, came back to that passage and I was like, all right, Emily, like, read this. Like, don't come with your preconceived love of the passage. Just read it. And so I was like, all right, God, like, show me something of your character here. Like, show me something about who Jesus is. And this is why, like, reading actual words is really important. Not, like, ideas or the picture, but, like, reading the actual words that are written. Because, you know, it said that Peter denied Christ. Um, The Lord looked at him... So Peter remembered, like when the Lord looked at him, so Peter remembered what Jesus had said. And like there is power in Jesus paying, like looking at you and paying attention to you. It's like even just as you're saying it, they're like, what would his gaze feel like? I feel like I kind of got to read that a little bit this morning. Like it's actually really revealing. And it's really, uh, you mean he did it for his good? He looked at him so he would remember? Uh, that's how it read. That's like, cool. he looked at him because Peter, you know, isn't really catching on to what's happening, even though he was literally just told that he would do it. Yeah. But it's like he had this blind spot. Wow. And, like, Jesus, in his kindness, revealed to Peter his sin. And then Peter wept and he, like, then came before the Lord. And, we, and then we continue reading the story. But, like, I was really struck by that this mm. morning. Mm and so just yeah sorry just you saying that like what was his gaze feel like I was like oh I think it would actually be really revealing and just really encouraging because you're being looked at by someone who is for you um like I would imagine like when Emma or when Esther like look at you like and they're just like yes like I am the person in the world who is the most for you Mm. and just like how empowering that is um I get that like whenever I do things my dad just looks at me and he's just like I'm proud of you like it's just that like oh like you can feel it um anyway sorry I'm gonna I'm gonna pause it there no, there's I just plenty. I just thought it was beautiful and then the fact that you brought it up I was like nope I need to close this loop
2: but it's cool it's it's helpful because I think um it 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 touches it it touches something that's really cool about just an ongoing relationship Mm. With the Bible,
1: mm-hmm.
2: is it is really living and active, and I think what I'm noticing is that every time I come to it, I'm different, so that mm-hmm. it speaks to me differently. But it's never changed; it's me. So then, it I come at it from a different angle, like a kaleidoscope. Mm. Is that the right analogy? Yeah. The lights kind of refracting. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'd say my my most recent takeaway from the Gospels, which is like usually like a, always something different, was. Um, you you get a bit of a glimpse of heaven, I think, when you're seeing Jesus interact with people. Because a, a mm. thought I, I recently had was everything we we tend to uh, ex- that excites us about eternity, being being with Jesus, is what about the fact that we're going to be sinless and with sinless people? What about the fact that we mm. imagine standing before someone who's actually receiving everything you're saying properly mm. and responding to you properly? <laughs> Just that is crazy, mm. like. From a, from a place of purity, <laughs> and it, it just, it's like, a, it's deepened my respect for any, in, yeah, I love interactions with Jesus. Mm-hmm. And you know how, you know how somebody says, hey, um, let's talk about dinner, and then Jesus just goes, it's a really bad example, but like, it just, he doesn't even respond to them, he just changes the mm-hmm. conversation because he is purely um, centered and true. And uh, yeah, that's that's my most recent takeaway too of why I enjoy going back to that because you get another dimension of God in His awesomeness, and uh, a glimpse of heaven. That's a, that's a recent takeaway mm. from going through the Gospels
0: yeah. in a personal, a lovely personal
2: way, personal glimpse of yeah. heaven.
0: And a lovely partnership too to be investing in the wisdom literature every year, and then to see the Logos, the wisdom of God, embodied. And being played out in real-world circumstances—that's a—that's a, that's a little—that's a beautiful little coupling. Mm. Um, it's really nice. So, Dave, um, tell us a little bit about your—I want to say—Bible reading journey. You know, what's a, what? I feel like there's so many. Most of us have that have been um, that are growing in a relationship with Christ. I mean that. Doesn't happen apart from God's word. Mm. Um, it's 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 integral to our faith and um, obedience and con- and um, you know being conformed to the image of Christ. Yeah. Um, what's that been like for you? Had you know are there been some pivotal catalyst moments that have kicked it off and then how's it yeah. developed? Like love yeah. to hear. Just, just your story, because I'm sure there'll be some practical applications that we can all draw from that.
2: I mean, um, first thing to say is I was raised in a Christian home. My dad's a pastor, so I, I, I really strayed and rebelled in a huge way in my teenage years and then into my 20s. Um, but I do remember feeling like the gratitude of having a foundation that I grew up with when I came, you know, quote unquote, back to Jesus. So... You know, like uh, maybe you've experienced it when you're talking to someone in your congregation or someone, you know, who's honestly come to this for the very first time. There is so much mm. to to ground yourself on and to learn, you know, start with Jesus, obviously. Um, but I just realized like, whoa, a lot of stuff was in place. So then, um, you know, I was kind of encouraged to read scriptures and I never wanted to for the first part of my life. But then mm. in my 20s, I uh, was in a season of life when I was just... I couldn't get out of the loop that I was living. I felt completely dissatisfied with everything I was doing, with my work, my social life, everything. And I didn't know why, and it led me back to Jesus. And uh, at night, rather than, you know, partying or whatever I was doing at the time, I actually, when he brought me back, I actually was looking forward to reading the Bible at night before bed. It was something like, I I couldn't wait to learn more. It was like, I was like a sponge at the time. And then one day I just kind of looked back after a few weeks and so many habits, bad habits became good habits. So that was just like a receiving and like, oh, that's mm. so, so many questions. And I knew that I just kept going back to the Bible for answers and enjoying that. Luckily, you know, very blessed as well. I had a dad who would take any phone call and just talk to me. I had all these books with scribbles and just like I couldn't keep up when he was answering. I was like, oh, tell me more, tell me more. Um, so that's the first season I could remember of like what it was like. Me and God through His Word, um, and then just uh, good mentors. Mentors were always a um, an important thing. Like when I came to City on a Hill, uh, I knew like oh, I got to make sure I've got a mentor in my life. And I connected with Luke Nelson. I remember, and not long after being here, I was like, "Hey, would you like to spend, you know, the like a regular time? It wasn't every day, it day? Wasn't every week? Like it was a, it was a decent rhythm, every few weeks, let's say." And, um, so I always had good people like that. And I, thinking back, people who were always trusted in God's Word as the thing and always being reminded of the importance of that. And then Mm -hmm. that led to, I don't know, maybe it was the the songwriter in me that was attracted to the Psalms, let's say. So I I did enjoy going there and highlighting things and reflecting on them. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'd say, like, it hasn't been that hard for me to make space for Scripture for many years. And I really take that as a a grace of God. Mm -hmm. Uh, Maybe it's a personality thing. Um, just like being being on a comfy seat with the Bible open is just—it's such a happy space for me. Mm. Uh, so inspiring. So I like to take my time, reflect, and write and read, highlight, then reflect, then write and read and talk out loud. If I've got the place to myself, pray out. Like just making the space. Um, mm. So that's yeah. It's it's interesting to think that I, I I come into contact with so many people in our congregation and on my team who. Just really struggle to make that time and it's just like I don't know why that's been a part of my life like I know that it can be super complicated and dry to try to go through the bible on your own you know to make that time but so the first thing I'd say is just some grace that God gave me to just love being in the bible
1: yeah I think it definitely is a grace I think and I think also like a gift that he has allowed you to then be able to help people around you. Like, I think it's a, it's a grace for you personally in your walk with Jesus. Absolutely. But I think it's also a grace that then can extend out. Um, I, I can't remember if it was, if it was you, Louis that I was talking to about. um, But one of the girls that I meet up with, she was just like, I just don't know why this is so hard to read my Bible. Mm. Like, I, I don't understand why. And I was like, cause something really spiritual is happening. Yeah. You know, like, if we believe that this is, like, the word of God and that it is living and active, like, that is not something that the evil one wants open. Like, that is not something that he wants you to be prioritizing. Um, And so I think it's cool that you recognize that it is a grace that God has extended to you and something that he's protected through a lot of different seasons and stages. Um, Yeah, as someone who's, who's walked alongside of you for 10 years, like seeing the different ways, seeing the different things that God has um, brought you through and developed in you and, you know, now you're a dad and, like, you know, you moved to Melbourne not really knowing anyone, (laughs) you know, (laughs) and then now you're a dad and you've got, you know, two little boys that are going to look up to you and hopefully, you know, never have a day that they don't love Jesus. Um, And, we you know, we pray that they and your girls, Louis, you know, like grow up with the same grace of, of, a, of an affection for the word. Um, but I think something Dave that I've, I've noticed in you and I think would be helpful for us to kind of chat about a little bit is recognizing that it's a grace, but you have intentional effort behind it as well. Yeah. Like you create intentional space for yourself, um, to be able to make it a priority. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and whether or not that comes easy, mm. there's still a decision that you're making. Sure. Um, so what, what has that looked like? What have been some decisions that you've made that have helped you be intentional and create space to be able to walk with Jesus closely mm-hmm. and protect the time in his word?
2: You know, uh, maybe it was that first onslaught when I, when I said like in my 20s, when I came back and just like absorbing it like a sponge. It was like that first filling so that I remember seeing believers around me who didn't really who weren't thriving, weren't growing, who weren't interested in being just like, what, what? Mm -hmm. Like I was, this is so exciting. This is awesome, you know? And then also had this inkling that that'll probably be me at some point, you know, that the mountain might just surface up for a bit. And and yet when that happened, and it did, you know, like one day I woke up and I'm like, yeah, I'm a Christian. I've been a Christian for many years. It wasn't like, oh my goodness, I'm a... Unfortunately, sorry, God, I still love you. and You know, but it's like this... um, I feel like that initial thing just kind of like catapulted me. And so like, Mm. just, just being filled in the word intentionally, I think just has to happen being like, uh, and what happened next was, yeah, definitely carving out time to reflect on what my life was just like we do with anything else. Like Mm. I'm going to need to have three hours today for three meals, one, one hour for each one, you know? And I remember at one point when it fell out of my habits, um, when it fell out of my habits, I was like, man, I'm not praying. But I, I'm sorry. Like I, I'm, I'm a bit of an overthinker of the heart of everything. So I'm, I keep going back to, but why did I do that? So I'll just tell you what I did, and I'll stop asking that. Um, I was like, after work, I don't do anything. So then, right after my work, when I got home, I go right into my room and pray, mm. because I noticed that was one time that I tend to just kind of get at home and ugh, unload and take a bit of time. Uh, it was, I was always a read my Bible before bed at the beginning. And then that habit was just, I don't know why that just didn't happen anymore. So then I tried it in the mornings, you know, but I had to think about that. And I had a really nice season when I had a housemate in Montreal who uh, studied in the day and I worked in the evenings and my mornings, I'd have the place to myself. It would have been weird to be the neighbor next to me because I took it upon myself to pray out loud and I would pace <laughs> up and down my apartment and I would, I would read and reflect and pray. And because uh, I remember just noticing, like thinking, I really want to talk to God like he's there. What's the closest analogy I can think of? Oh, it's like being on the phone, I guess, you know, like you don't see him, but you're talking to him. And I noticed, I remember one day I'm at work and my boss was on the phone. He would just be kind of standing there chatting with you. As soon as he got a phone call, though, for some reason, he would start pacing back and forth. And I noticed I was a phone <laughs> pacer as well. Mm. So then I started just pacing and talking. I had the richest like conversations with God in that time, but uh, so those are the times that were like kind of kind of almost like easy and fun. Like looking back, like it was it was a fun journey that I had with God. You know, I was I was living in a place uh, I, I had time, which is different now. But since my that's kind of shifted, and I'd, I'd have to be a bit intentional. Uh, now that I've been a dad for almost four years, I have no choice but to get up at five in the morning if I'm going to have time with God, and that was a. Difficult realization just before we had kids that yeah. that's what it's gonna take So I just made it happen because I was like, oh, I'll just have to go back to the evenings and it just doesn't happen mm-hmm. So again mm-hmm. the heart behind it just like I know that I need space With God I know that I need regular space with God and it's the only time I could do it. So I, I Started I tried I tried and I'll be honest. It just I haven't struggled with it. It's been it's been awesome but there's reasons why I haven't made it work. That's kind of another conversation. But uh, I'm getting up at 5 or 5.30 uh, because my kids are up at around 7. Uh, and I love that so much, that space. Like, right now, this time of year, the sun's still down. There's quiet in the house. You know, there's coffee, there's music, there's just me. And that's, oh, it's awesome. But, yeah, I had to, I had to think about it. I had to plan it. I had to make it happen. Mm-hmm.
1: What are some of the things that you do? So you've got the space. So you've got your coffee. You've got your music. You've got quiet. Uh, The kids are, by God's grace, asleep. Which they aren't always. (laughs) Which they They aren't always. Interrupted often enough. (laughs) But uh,
2: that's like the perfect scenario, which does happen. I get that whole time, me and God.
1: Sure. So assuming you got the whole time, what are some things that you do in that time? Um, So something that Louis and I have been thinking about a lot, like as we have these conversations, is keeping in mind... You know, we've got people who've been walking with Jesus for a really long time. There's also been people who who aren't haven't been walking with Jesus for a long time, um, and who like this is all really new for them. Like the idea of spiritual disciplines is like, oh, this feels new. And the word is discipline, so like, is a good thing? Like, no you kidding. know, kind of all that of that.
2: Is not the best word. Yeah.
1: About it. Oh, well. <laughs> so, so, <laughs> so like, just
0: call it just call it habits for holiness. There we go.
1: Habits spiritual for holiness. Fun then. Yeah. Spiritual fun times. Jesus there is there. Is spiritual friend. fun times. Spiritual fun times. So like. I think there would be some people we say quiet time and they can fill in the gaps with understood knowledge or past experience. But then there'll be some people who yeah. are like, I don't know what a quiet time is.
0: Yeah, yeah. what does that even so, mean, quiet time? Yeah, <laughs> so what does a quiet time mean for you? Because
1: yeah. there's music. So clearly it's yeah. not like silent time. Yeah, yeah, good point. Yeah. Um, so like, what are the different things that you do that help you love Jesus and that are habits you've built in?
2: Um, I mean, I've got it down to an art now. I love it so much. And I think that was helpful. It's, mm. it's so funny how I'm not disciplined in so many areas. But for this one, I've noticed the only, the ritual of it really helps me. That's why I'm really for this series. I know that everyone who is a part of it, the teaching is all really, we just want people that we know and love to know Jesus more. That's the heart behind it. But these habits and rituals are so helpful. And the habit and rituals that I've kind of been the most helpful, you know, you kind of like... Tweak it over time. Lately, what I've been doing is right out of bed, and I actually have stuff ready the night before. Great. Like the bench top, the coffee's ready to go, kind of thing. Because I, I don't function without coffee as many people do when they get up at five in the morning. Um, so before I even make coffee, I put headphones on because I'm trying to listen through the Bible in one year. Um, and actually, right now, like to be honest, I'm not loving the, 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 the quiet times that I'm doing because. I feel like I really want to get to this Bible in one year thing because I think it's helpful to have a big view of Scripture. But every day I feel a bit rushed to get through it. And I'm like, I don't know if I'm Mm. getting that much out of it, but I want to commit to it because I know that my life with Jesus is an ongoing journey and I've never done it. I haven't read through it once, Um, but I, I want to share with you guys what I've done most of my life, which has been the most awesome and I'm a bit out of it right now. And I can't wait to get back to it once I get through the whole scripture. Because I feel like once I get through, I'll get back to it with a whole new freshness. You know what I'm saying? Mm. What I do is I would make a coffee uh, and, and everything about that space is kind of picked. Like even the pen I write with. I love the pen and I love the book that I write yes. in. Yes. And it's... Yes. Preaching to the choir. Okay. Yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> because like the feeling when I start writing is a feeling that I look forward to. I, I, really enjoy like just journaling. Um, so I sit down and I have like, I have three, I have four playlists that I've made hundreds of instrumental, just atmospheric sounds that are songs that i go to Spotify and put on shuffle or whatever, get in that space. And usually the way I do it is I look at it as starting. I'm not ready to start, you know, like I'm a bit, I'm tired. I'm groggy. I'm not ready to go deep. So I kind of look at it as kind of going into a valley, let's say, and going deeper and deeper. I like to start with um, a devotion, very first. Uh, devotions I've gone through are like Spurgeon's devotions, um, My Utmost for His Highest by Oswald mm-hmm. Chambers, recently finished uh, The Imitation of Christ by Campi- Thomas Akempis. Just like one of these nuggets you can get in. And what I do with every step of what I do in, in every step of it is highlight at least one thing, And then after I've done reading it, I rewrite in my journal. This is where I'm loving just writing. Rewrite word for word what it is and then look at it and kind of ask God, why did I care about that? Why did that speak to me? Mm. And then I write my reflections. Like it's just, that's part of it. The next step, so that's step one. And then the next step is prayer. I've been using the app Prayer Mate, which you just fill it up and then it gives it to you in random order so that I'm constantly going through and praying stuff. I have specific prayers for my wife that I make sure I, I keep in there all day, My family. As well as other prayers, but those are like the regular ones, and then mm. um, the next step is then getting to scripture. That's when I'll get into the wisdom, whether it's I'm on Psalm 53 that day or you know Ecclesiastes chapter eight, just, I just do them in order, mm. and then I'll do the same. Everything I'm reading, highlight one thing. It could be up to five or ten things, but at least one mm. if I've, and that's a really good practice when I'm reading something dry. <laughs> All right, can I find mm. one thing that I could highlight?: Yeah, and then. Right. If I'm reading through Isaiah, for example, like in the middle, what the heck is he talking about? It's so specific. I haven't studied it in seminary. So we're looking at it from a really like outside view of not. We need to re- read Isaiah together. Man. Gosh. I
0: Isaiah oh, together.
2: Yes. And I've heard that so many times. And, I, and I, <laughs> I plan to do like a bit more theological study one day and that'd be fun. But from like how far I am from it, because I haven't jumped in, some parts of the Bible, pretty dry for this guy. Uh, and yet God can still speak to me in it, you know, obviously and then the next step will be whatever chapter of a book that I'm reading, whether it's Old Testament or New Testament. So it's like a devotion, a time for prayer, time for a wisdom, and then time for, you know, if I'm going through the first five books, somewhere, or like I'm in the Gospels or the thing. So, I mean, long way to put it, a little devotion, a psalm, one chapter. It's not that much. Just kind of detailed out the way that I approach
0: it, that's all. Dave, that's so helpful. So practical. Um, and I love that you've given provided a frame that people can relate to. And I think it'll be really helpful to start a conversation Mm -hmm. even after this podcast, we will be like, Oh, how do you read the Bible? Like, what does that look like for you to, how do you, do you highlight stuff? Do you, do you journal? What's your favorite type of pen? Um, (laughs) yeah, it definitely is a thing. Um,
2: I don't even know what it's called, but it's a good one. It's black.
0: Oh, it's it probably the Artline ones. Artline yeah, 0.4.
2: Mm.
0: Yep, yeah, that's
1: fine.
2: Oh, Fits on your hand.
0: Yeah, we asked for, can we get a sponsor? Can we <laughs> start <a> sponsor
1: the podcast?
2: <laughs> anyway,
0: um, so D- Dave, a, those are your experience in you know, the way that you sort of structure that. Can you, um, you know, let's, let's go back to an elevator pitch question. Mm. Like, can you give us an elevator pitch? Not necessarily, like, just, like, get your heart into this one. Why, why, why would you want your friends to read the Bible? Why do you want your, you know, your, those, why, why do you want your sons, you know, to be avid Bible readers as they grow up? Like, what can they expect? And let's just pretend that this is the Empire State Building. Take a couple of sentences. But, uh, yeah, preach to the heart in this one. Um, oh, man, this is going to be hard. Mm
2: a few weeks ago it was interesting in my journaling i thought i thought about asking myself that question and i started writing it my question was why do i love the bible so much that's close what why do i love jesus so much like you know jesus is the living word that we get to through the living word uh, through the written word um and i guess two answers one is uh The Bible is the truest thing you'll read today. It's just a very simple statement I like to go by. It's the truest thing you're going to read today. Mm. It's always reliable. That's what I love about it. You know, no matter where, where my thoughts take me or what information comes at me or what conversation or what I feel, what, I'm, what self-condemnation might be going on in my mind and my heart, like all the attacks, all the, even all the enjoyments. Whenever I approach the Bible, I know that this is, it's become such a ah, safe space to like, it's always going to be true, right? And that's very, that's a good feeling. And I know that it's always going to if, inform me properly for everything that I'm doing in my life. It's going to be the right, I, j- I can't imagine not having that in my life. A place that I can go with everything I'm thinking and feeling that is always going to tell me the truth. Like, that's not even your spouse. It's not even your best friend. It's not the person you admire the most. It's only the Bible
0: um and then secondly um i th- i think as as be- come on
2: i think as become like becoming an international person who is on the other side of the world from from where my family is and stuff i I've, I've got a whole new family and community and stuff now it's been 10 years I had that feeling exceptionally coming back after this trip. Just like, wow, I really do feel at home here. That's cool. And I, actually, and I also felt really comfortable back there, too. So got families on both sides of the world. But um, like Jesus is more real to me than so many people that are still alive on the planet today because he's, he's much closer, like physically. I, could, I can reach him so easily. I can talk to him. I could read his thoughts. I can get his advice. Um, you know, hope that is seen. uh, Romans 8 that we went through in the conference, there's a scripture in that chapter that has, forget how it's worded, but I remember when I was preparing for the, I was slammed by that verse, uh, trusting in things that you could see, right? They're going to fade one day. And it just kind of really reminded me like how cool it is to be, I mean, first of all, like that I would go to the furthest country in the world from where I came from, and find the exact same person, right? I, before, and, that, and that's way before social media was a thing. Now we're very connected and we can speak very honestly to each other. And, and we could find other people who think we're all going to think the same very soon, on, you know, probably for unfortunate reasons. But before social media, you could go to anywhere in the world. And if you met a Christian, you would hear the same thing about the God that you knew and loved because he is who he is, and the scripture tells him who he is, and it's just, it's like confirmed how real he is to be in another culture, in another context, and um, to have this friend who never changes, and who's always even closer to the people that I have to put so much effort in into getting on WhatsApp, but like, I have this little window in the morning, so hard to keep in touch with family and friends, but it's not that hard to keep in touch with Jesus. You just open your Bible, friends. Okay, I wanted to land that in a very cheesy space, Because it was getting a bit too weird.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, Dave, I want to say, and I speak on behalf of them for this one as well, uh, because mate, you've uh, you've pulled the heartstrings. But thank you so much Mm. for opening your heart and your life and your uh, even your calendar and some of your disciplines. Um, We've been richly blessed by your honesty Mm. and some of your story. Thank you so much. you know, uh, we started with Billy Graham unintentionally, but there's another quote. He says, "I'm I am never lonely when I'm reading the Bible. Oh. Nothing dissolves loneliness like a session with God's Word." Totally. Um, and that's just you've reminded us of that. So, hey, look, as we close out the Vine this episode of uh, Vine Trellis the Crow Podcast, flourishing in Christ. I think you know, as we've talked to the musician um, and thought about how good Jesus is. I reckon we go out on these lyrics. What a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear. Mm. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Mm. Thanks, friends. We'll chat again soon. See ya. See
1: ya.